126, Psalm 126, a very familiar psalm to many of us, but I don't want to assume everyone knows it, so we're going to read four verses from Psalm 126. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 126. You have it, say amen. Amen. All right. Let's read together. You ready? Yes, sir. Some of y'all ready? You still finding it? Okay. Psalm 126, verses 1 through 4. Let's read together. Ready? Read. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Verse 4. Bring back our captivity, O Lord. As the streams in the south, as the streams bring back our captivity or restore us. Yes. We'll read it later on in the NIV uh, where it says uh, restore us. So verse one, we can go back and say when the Lord restored Hallelujah. Zion, we were like those who dream. Tonight I want to talk from the subject. Restoration is preparation for much more. Restoration is preparation for much more. Thank you, Father, for the word tonight. We receive your word. We receive your spirit, your anointing. Have your way. Speak to us. Our ears open, our eyes open, our hearts open. So we receive your word. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Now, we spent last year, we focused on our scripture last year, Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17, where it said, but on my, upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be what? Holiness, and the house of Jacob shall do what? Possess their possessions. And we gave you last year, the theme for last year, that, that the Lord spoke to me was that 2023 will be a year, the year of restoration. And again, just want to just help encourage you, restoration didn't end on December 31. It, it continues throughout the time until Jesus comes. In fact, over in Acts, I think it's chapter 3, verse 21, somewhere around there, it says that heaven must receive Jesus or hold Jesus until the times of restoration of all things. So there's a time coming when Jesus, when everything will be restored, and the Bible says Jesus that heaven is holding him back yes. until that time. So restoration has begun. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so God is restoring his people. We saw rest, you know, uh, restoration in many areas. And the key to that is Luke 145. Y'all know that one when it says, uh, Blessed is she who believes, for there shall be a performance or a fulfillment of those things that were spoken, right? So whatever word you received at the, at the beginning of 2023 or 2022 or 2018 or now 2024, if you believe, there will be a performance. In other words, if you don't believe it, if you don't receive it, it's just going to be a regular year. Now, if you believe it, the Bible says in James that, uh, chapter 1 that faith without works is dead being alone. So if you believe something, there's going to be some participation and some action on your part to demonstrate that believing. So Pastor Kim mentioned it earlier, a few moments ago, about this expectation. So if you get expectation, it's proving that you believe the word for this year or last year. And if you have expectation, you begin to prepare yourself for what is to come. Amen? Now, so we saw this restoration going on last year, and... When the Lord restores, he never does restoration uh, partially or halfway. Amen? Remember, in this, there's a story in Matthew 12, and I'll just read this one verse. Matthew 12, verse 13, it's the story of the man with the withered hand. 
And Jesus told him to stand up, come forth. And he told him to stretch out your hand. And the Bible says that he stretched it out and it was restored, but catch this, as whole as the other. So notice the restoration wasn't partial. It wasn't halfway. It wasn't half done. The Bible says that the Lord does all things well. So the, the restoration was full and complete. So God always does, the Lord always does everything all the way. In Mark 8, 22 through 25, I want to read that real quick. Mark 8, 22 through 25. I'm, I'm speeding so I can get to where I want to get to here. This is just introduction. Then he, Jesus, came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. They brought, the people brought a blind man to Jesus, right? So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Verse 24, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. So he, notice his sight was partially restored, right? partially restored. Verse 25, then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. So notice the first time his sight wasn't fully restored. So Jesus wasn't going to stop until he was fully restored. Now I know there are various takes on that, but let me give you my understanding based on the scripture. Notice the very first word, very first verse that we read, verse 22 says, 22 says, they brought a blind man. So the blind, the, the blind man's faith wasn't working here yet. They brought the blind man to Jesus. So when Jesus laid spit on him, his eyes, laid hands on him, the man's faith wasn't working. So he received a partial manifestation of his healing. But see, once he got that partial, now he said, wait a minute. Oh, something can happen here. So this time when Jesus laid his hands on him, oh yeah, he's going to believe now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he gets the full manifestation because now his faith kicked in. Y'all remember when, um, when uh, in, in the fourth chapter of John, Jesus, he went to a place called Samaria, yes. talked to the woman at the well, and she went back to town and told everybody, come see a man who's told me everything I ever did. And when the town folks showed up, they first said, they said, listen, hey, woman, first, we came here first because of your word. We believe because of your word. But now that we heard him, we believe because of our own word. We heard him for ourselves. So notice that you can go from faith to faith to faith to faith. Romans 1, 17 uh, talks about that faith producing more faith. In the Amplified Classic, it talks about that faith producing more faith. So this man, when he first got that touch, it wasn't his faith working. But now that he got uh, progress, yes. now he says, whoa, I believe. He sees something here clearly. Y'all got this here. All right, now, so I'm talking about restoration. Everybody say restoration. And I'm going to show you restoration is preparation. Everybody listening? Y'all sure? Restoration is preparation for much more. Okay? Because this restoration that we see and we've seen in 2023 and that will continue if you believe, it's just the beginning. I don't mean just the beginning of restoration. I mean restoration itself. Even when you are made totally, completely whole and restored, it, that restoration is still just the beginning. That God doesn't stop at just restoring you. Because restoring you brings you back to where you started. That's what restore means. If you buy an old, an old 1969 Cutlass Supreme and it's been all, you know, 
and it's got rusty sides and the tires are bald and the engine is, is malfunctioning and so forth. You go and you restore it, you, you make it what it was. So when God restores, he makes it what it was. But what it was is not his end goal. Are you following me tonight? Restoration is preparation for much more. Can you say that with me? Restoration is preparation. Now listen, y'all focus in tonight. Y'all focus in, focus in, focus in, focus in. All right? So this restoration, I'm telling you, is just the beginning. Because I want to shed through scripture light on a biblical pattern that the Lord set through the word. A biblical pattern. And since God does not change, then that pattern remains. And so whatever we saw in scripture as a pattern is still applicable to our lives today. So how God operated in the scriptures, he still operates today. And if I can show you that restoration just started things in the scriptures, then you understand that if you experience any amount of restoration in 2023, or if you experience any amount of restoration the rest of your life, don't, don't, don't stop. Praise God about restoration. But don't stop your faith from working because he's just getting started. Glory to God. Glory to God. I was so blessed when I heard uh, Brother Ronald talking about uh, Sunday night when he first said, uh, you know, I'm living in a penthouse. And I was like, what, a penthouse? Because I, I knew where he lived. And I'm like, a penthouse? I'm like, maybe he living somewhere else. But he said a penthouse over in Jordan Park, top floor apartment, you know, the best brand new stuff. Well, that's wonderful. What, what God has done is restored. But that ain't all. I'll come over here. What God has done is simply restored, but God's not through. Tell your neighbor, God's not through blessing you. Hallelujah. So there's a pattern that we see in scriptures that we can expect to see in our own lives, in our own times. Write this down if you're taking notes. Restoration and abundance, increase and fullness go together. Or they go hand in hand. Restoration and abundance, fullness and increase, they go hand in hand. They go together. So if you experience restoration, don't, don't, don't pull back on your faith. You got this? Don't, 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 don't just celebrate without continuing your faith. Because there's more where that came from. Preparation or, or restoration is preparation for much more. Are y'all listening tonight? Now remember I shared this one verse with you on, Wednesday, on Sunday night from Joel chapter 2 verse 25 and 26. Joel 2 Verse 25 and 26. Can you read it with me? All right, ready, read. So I will restore to you the years the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army. Now, now stop right there. So he said, I'm going to restore the years that the, all the bugs have been eating, all the creeping things have been eating. They've, they've eaten your stuff. 
They've eaten all your crops. You've lost everything. He says, I'm going to restore the years. I'm going to restore everything that's been lost in that time. But notice he doesn't stop at just restoration. Verse 26, it goes on to say this. You shall now eat in what? Plenty. Plenty. Come on. And be satisfied. And who has dealt wonders with you and my people should never be put to shame. So notice restoration was just the start. After restoration, Joe, came plenty. In other words, in other words, uh, if he had just restored, he only has to give you back what you had. But he says, no, you're going to now eat in plenty. You're going to now have abundance because restoration is preparation for much more. I wish I had a few expectors in here tonight. Maybe some of y'all never lost anything. <laughs> but if you ever lost anything, if the devil's ever stolen anything from you, even gave away some stuff to the devil, but this has been your year of restoration, and now you're moving into the year of much more, the restoration has been preparation for the much more. Can I get a, ho- a hallelujah in this person tonight? Give me a loud hallelujah in this person. Glory to God. So, so this, this, I will restore, and then you're going to eat in plenty. Plenty just simply means much more. And you're going to be satisfied. And you're going to praise. You're going to praise much more. I praise him already, yeah, but... Thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to, give me uh, Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Hallelujah. This is how God going to bless you. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them. Now, if you go back through the verses and the chapters before that, God is talking about how he's going to restore them. After 70 years of Babylonian captivity. So I'm going to restore you. But he said, I'm not just going to restore you, put you back there in the land and say, okay, do the best you can. I'm going to restore you, but then I'm going to, make, I'm going to bless you so well. He said, you're going to be to me a name of joy, of praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness, come on, and all the So when God gives you all his goodness and all his prosperity, he said that you're going to be, it's going to be to him a name of joy, of praise. So God's going to cause people to see you and they're going to praise God. Isn't that what we read in Psalm 126? They said, the heathen said, the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to show you this pattern here. That restoration always comes to, leads to plenty, much more. Go to uh, Genesis 20. Genesis 20. Hallelujah. I don't want to go on too many rabbit trails. I got a clock. Genesis 20. 
Genesis 20 and verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. Do y'all remember, even if you don't, let me tell you. Abram, Abraham is married to a beautiful woman named Sarah. And they're up in age. Am I right about it? And um, they go to Gerar, and there's a king there named Abimelech. And Sarah was so pretty, so fine, Deke, that he, Abraham had to make a deal with Sarah, like, hey, listen, girl, you so pretty, you're going to get me killed. So what we need to do is, wherever we go, don't tell anybody you're my wife. Because you, t- you tell them you're my wife, they're going to kill me for you. You're that pretty. So tell them you're my sister, which is not a lie. That is, it is his sister. It's half-sister. So just tell them that part. And so they get over here, and Abimelech and his men, or Abimelech's men, they see her, and they take her. So then what happens? God comes to Abimelech in a dream and say, don't you touch her. You better not touch her. She belongs to a man. So Abimelech, he, he freaks out. Lord, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. What, what, what I got myself into? So what he had to do is now he's got he's to give Sarah back. He has to restore Sarah to Abraham. Right? So Abraham's marriage is busted. Y'all, y'all got to see that. His marriage is busted. He and his wife are estranged. Y'all better catch this here. Verse 14. Now, when, it, when, when Abimelech realized he got to get it right, then Abimelech just gave Sarah back. No? Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham, and he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. So notice restoration didn't come by itself. Y'all listening back there? He, he, restoration came with some extra. It came with, I mean, Abraham already had, had it good, but he, he, he's not going to move to much more. Verse 15, and Abimelech said, see, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. He said, now, anywhere in this whole country, you can live wherever you want to. Now, it would have been another just, to just give him his wife back. That's all Abraham really wanted, is give my wife back. God worked on Abraham's behalf. God realized, Abraham, you, you was being stupid. Let me, let, me, let me redeem your life from destruction. But, but he, he restores and he gives him stuff. Then, then to Sarah he said, Abimelech said, Behold, I've given your brother. Now we already read about sheep, oxen, male and female servants. And then you can live in any land you want to. But now he says, I've given your brother. Yeah, I found out that's your brother. And your husband. A thousand pieces of silver. Now, how much, how much did Judah sell Jesus for? 30, 30 pieces. Now, the Savior was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> he said, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. He said, but indeed, we can throw in but, indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. 
It goes on talking about Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech because Abimelech's house, everybody in his house, the wombs were shut up. And God had told, told Abimelech, hey, you better uh, get this right and my prophet Abraham will pray for you. That's how we found out Abraham was a prophet right here in this story. So notice Abraham didn't just get restoration, but he got much more. Somebody catch it over here. Look in 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. You'll get this now as you just keep on listening. Y'all pull now. Y'all pull. Here, just, just receive this tonight. Just receive this tonight. Build up your expectors tonight for what's coming on your life this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, what was uh, Bishop Yedipo's dec declaration this year, 2024, the year of fortune? The year of fortune. Fortune in favor. It's, it's funny, since, since uh, we declared that word, I've gone all over the internet and I heard all kind of preachers talking about the year more. The year more, praise God. Well, I got the year much more. Way back in November. I didn't have to hear anybody say it. God put it in my spirit. Hallelujah. Now, you have to grab that. I said you have to grab that. You have to release your faith and say, I received that. Matter of fact, put your hand on your head and say, I received that. This is my year for much more. Now, whatever much more you need. Whatever area of your life. Financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever more you need. Familial, whatever you need. It's, it's the year of much more. Are y'all in 2 Kings 8? Now, we're gonna, we see this pattern here. Verse, verse 1. Um, then Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had restored. Remember the woman that Elder Baker ministered about two weeks ago? The Shunammite woman? He did a great job ministering that. Minister Barbara, Elder Dorsey, did a great job ministering last Wednesday night. This woman in, the, in 2 Kings 8 is the same woman in 2 Kings 4. Then Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, whose son he had what? Restored to life, saying, Arise, go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord is called for famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for how long? So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. Now remember, when, when the man of God uh, was coming past her way, she said, we're going to build a room for him. She, she built the man of God an Airbnb. That whenever you come in town, you stay here. Matter of fact, a bed and breakfast. Because gonna, we're going to feed you, we're going to take care of you, you're going to just don't worry about nothing, we got you. So it came time when the famine's going to hit, she's the one who gets a, 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 a private word that a famine is coming. She gets advance notice so she doesn't have to suffer the famine. She gets an advance notice because her seed went ahead of her. Now watch, watch, watch. Verse 2, so the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God as she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistine. How long? Seven years. All right, and it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines. Now she returns and she has nothing. See, she's left and she's coming back to nothing. And she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. 
She has to go ask for it because she's lost it. Seven years, by law, even here in America today, seven years, you leave something, it's gone. Y'all do know that. Squatter's right. Seven years, you leave land and it's gone. That's why it's going to be such a triumphant thing when you and I come back after seven years being gone with Jesus. And we're going to come back and reclaim everything. Okay, all right. Okay, King of Bethlehem, the seven years, a woman returned, and she asked the king for a land. Verse 4, then the king talked with Gehazi. Remember Gehazi, the servant, the man of God, saying, tell me, please, all the great things that Elisha has done. Now, it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored, he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman. Just so happened. At the right moment, there was the woman whose son he had restored to life. Appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha has. I mean, how many times have we seen the word restored repeated here? Now she's coming to ask for her land, her house and her land to be restored. So the king has already heard about how her son's life was restored. Verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers. Now, what's she looking to get now? Her house and her land. That's all she asked the king for. I need my house and my land. Now, she knows when she left, there was a famine. So there's nothing to get but the house and this old dry land. That's what she thought. But because she had sown a seed, had partnered with that man of God, in the midst of a famine, her land was still producing. That's a whole other message right there. Her land was still producing. I, I had Brother, Brother Jonathan Hijackson this morning bring me a bag. He brought me a bag of mangoes. Not from Guatemala. Not from Chile, but from his yard. I heard the other day, Brother Oscar told me, they said, he said, uh, uh, Jonathan and Aisha have uh, mangoes. Because he, he came by my house, and he looked at the tree next to me, and he said, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no mangoes, ain't no buds, no nothing. I said, yeah, it's not, it's not mango season. He said, Jonathan Hijackson has mangoes. I said, how does Jonathan Hijackson have mangoes? I said, no. So I said, I, I text Jonathan. I said, Jonathan, I heard you have miracle mangoes. He sent me a picture of a tree full of mangoes. Have you ever heard of mangoes in January? But they, they're partners. In multiple places. And so everything's supposed to produce even when nothing else is producing around you. This woman, she had a, a, a harvest. A, now watch this. Go, go to the text. I, I'm getting lost. And, and it says, and when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers and all. So not only is she getting restoration, 
but she's getting some abundance. She's getting much more. And all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left, she wasn't thinking about any proceeds, any harvest. I just want the land. Famine's all I can come work this land. We can start over. But no, God doesn't work like that. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't just make you start over. He's going to increase you more and more and more and more. So she didn't just get her house and her land restored. She got all the profits she didn't even know about. I said the profits she didn't even know about. That's why you got to get your book of expectation because God's going to bring you profits you didn't know about. He's going to bring you increase you didn't know about. He's going to bring you revenue you didn't know about. And if you're going to sit there, well, I don't need it. I don't need that book. I don't believe that. Well, just sit there and don't get nothing but what you work hard for. But God wants to bring you beyond what you, what you work for, beyond what you earn. He wants to give you more than anything that you ever could do on your own. Because if you work for it, you get the glory. But if he brings it to you, you have to give him all the glory. You have to give him all the honor. You have to give him all the praise. Can you say amen? amen. So let's look here. So notice, I, I, I hope I've established a pattern for you. Is that right? Okay, so let's go back to Psalm number 126. This time, media, I'd like to read that in the NIV, please. Psalm 126 in the NIV. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody there? It says, when the Lord restored. Hallelujah. When the Lord restored the fortunes. Are you ready for God to restore your fortune? <laughs> when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. We were like those who dreamed. When he did it, it was like a dream. Is anybody ready to live your dream life this year from here on out? Come on, who's ready? Don't fool me here. Don't. I mean live like a dream. A dream. They said when the Lord restored our fortunes, it was like a dream. What, what do you see when you dream? How, how are things for you when you dream? I, I must be in the wrong church. How, how are things for you when you dream? Yeah, I, I think y'all must have not have done that. We're coming out of restoration into the dream. When the Lord restored, we were like dreamers. If God restores your fortunes, he wants to give you a dream life. I don't know if y'all got a hold of this. Some of y'all, you've been down so long, you can't even figure out how to dream no more. But I still have a dream. 
I still had a vision that God wants to take me much higher than I have been. Wants to do much more in my life than, than he's already done. That God's not through blessing me and I got a feeling he's not through blessing you. He wants to make your life such a dream. Watch this. Because this is this, this the dream life. Everybody say the dream life. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to laugh? Are you Now, this is all coming from restoration. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody receive it. Praise God. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the heathens, the sinners, the world. The world isn't impressed. They're not moved. They don't testify about our regular lives. They're not moved by our money testimonies. Oh. <laughs> well, the devil's on my track, turn it to me back, and I'm just I'm just holding on. I'm just holding on. Y'all pray much in the Lord. That ain't no testimony. That don't move the world to glorify God. We read Jeremiah 33 verse 9. It shall be to me a name of joy and praise and honor in the earth. That means that whatever God does for you, he wants to do it so big that the whole, that the world has to testify. You must be one of them. <laughs> you must be one of them. You must, must be one of those children of God. Because I know you, you ain't supposed to be living like that, driving like that, wearing like that, enjoying, you ain't supposed to, you ain't got that much education, you ain't got that many connections, you don't know nobody. So the world is supposed to see your life, your dream life, and testify. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Then, then watch verse 3. We back it up and we say this. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Hallelujah. God wants to fill you with joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give me um, media... John um, 16, I think is what I want. John 16. Give me John 16, 23 and 24. John 16, verse 23 and 24. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day, this is Jesus talking, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, what happened? He will do what? Verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive. Why? Notice how intent Father God is on your joy being full. Not Christmas season joy. Not tax return season joy. But year-round joy. The Bible says in Psalm 65, 11, he crowns the year with his goodness. And his paths drip with abundance. Anybody's got that? 
Book of Expectations, you should have read that on the first page. You crown the year with goodness. Your paths drip with abundance. Why is all this? Because he wants your joy to be full. The, what God doesn't want of the baker is sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, children of God with children of, with I'm a child of God t-shirts and bumper stickers and crosses on the neck and walking around all sad and moping and broke and sick and busted and disgusted saying, yeah, do you want to get saved? Nobody want to get saved looking at your ratchet behind. No, you ought to have joy. Oh, tell somebody, you ought to have some joy. Even if things aren't right yet, have some joy. Because you know God's going to make things better and better and better. And you're going to increase more and more and more. I know you might have a little pain in your body right now, but you know God has already healed your body. So have some joy now. He wants your joy to be full. Go back to uh, Psalm 126, verse 4. I don't want to get caught up here. Psalm 126, verse, verse, go back to verse 3, I'm sorry. Verse 3, verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So restoration is the door to a dream life. Restoration is the door to a dream life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's the way into this dream life. Now, let me read verse 4. Verse 4. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams, like streams in the Negev. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Some translation, I think the King James might say like streams in the south. Well, what's that all about? Well, the Negev is, another, another word for that is the south. What is it about? It's about, uh, you look it up, it's about there being a barren land, a land that's, that's dry, parched rather, because of drought. And it says restore our fortunes like streams in the, in the Negev. And if you study this out, the streams were refreshed. Everything was made full by torrential rain. In other words, if you ever, you ever watch um, uh, National Geographic, you ever watch anything on in those in the in the. Uh, uh, deserts of Africa and so forth and you'll see these places that are parched and they're dry and the animals are dying and they can't find any water and that, that's, that'll be one day all of a sudden there'll be a little sprinkle a little trickle of rain before you know it there's torrential rain that has refreshed the whole valley the whole desert this torrential rain that, that you and I might kind of try to shy away from, cover up from, but the animals say, no, bring it on because that rain means life. Rain is God's sign of prosperity. Oh, my. It's, it's a shame in the church we may rain a bad word. Isn't that true? In the church, all of, all of gospel songs, and the preaching, they make rain bad. Well, God is with you when it's sunshine and when it's rain. 
Sunshine, like sunshine is good and rain is bad. No, search through scripture. Walk, walk, walk through scripture from Genesis to Revelation. You'll see rain is always indicative of prosperity. Somebody shout, let it rain, Lord, let it rain. So you restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev or like torrential rain that comes on our parched land. Rain is blessing. In fact, give me in Deuteronomy 28, verse 12, says this, the Lord will open to you his what? Good treasure and the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to do what? As a result, you shall, but you shall not. You shall not have to borrow. If you get a torrential downpour, he's going to bless the work of your hands. You want to borrow ever again. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Restoration is preparation for much more. Y'all okay? Let's go to the book of Job. Job 42. Job 42. Hallelujah. You remember the story of Job? How he lost everything, Job chapter 1. Chapter 1 and 2, you saw he lost everything. Everything. But his crazy wife. You know, his wife was crazy. But you can go from Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 42. You see all kind of um, uh, discussions between Job and God, Job and his three friends, so forth. But at the end, 42, we see what, how it turns out. Look at verse 10. Verse 10. And the Lord did what? restored Job's losses. Now, my Bible has a little number by that, a little, little marking reference. It says, turn the captivity. So remember in Psalm 126, we read, turn the captivity? It means to restore. So it says, and the Lord restored or turned the captivity of Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Now, watch this. To restore would have been great. He was loaded in chapter 1. The Bible says there was nobody like him in all of us. The most wealthy man in that whole land. The most, most wealthy man in, in the East. Now, you don't know anything about the East, the Middle East. They, they're wealthy over there. And it said Job was the wealthiest man over there. So if God had just restored him, he would have been good. But that's not how God works. Restoration is preparation for much more. Verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Read the rest with me. Indeed, what? It's twice, is that much more or what? I mean, he didn't give him a 10% increase, a 50% increase. He gave him a 100% increase on what he had before. That's much more. Somebody say much more. So he ended up with twice as much as he had before. I mean, restoration is great. But God said, that ain't how I operate. Verse, verse 11, now watch this, it keeps going. Then all his brothers, then all his brothers, then this, this, means, this is different from the twice much. Then all his brothers and all his sisters and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him. Now they abandoned him while he was going through. But they came to him 
and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Now, we know the Lord didn't do that. Right? We know the Lord allowed that. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Because that's how... Y'all, y'all, man. Silver and gold. Now, I'd rather have Jesus. Yes. But you don't have to choose. Say that, but you don't have to choose. You can have Jesus and silver and gold. You just got to put Jesus first. And don't chase silver and gold and abandon Jesus. You chase Jesus and abandon silver and gold. Because if you chase Jesus, he'll cause a silver and gold to chase you. Y'all, 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 y'all not hearing me tonight. Y'all don't. And, and he, this is his brothers and sisters who, who wasn't doing, they, they didn't do him. But God had to make them give him some silver and some gold. Verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more. Now it, we already saw twice as much. Now we see more. It would have been okay if God had just blessed his latter days the same as the beginning. But God said, that's not how I operate. If I'm going to restore you, I'm going to give you much more than you had when you started. And the Lord blessed the latter, latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had, or we could say now had, 14,000 sheep. He only had seven before everything went south. 6,000 camels. He only had 3,000 before. 1,000 yoke of oxen. He only had 500 before. Notice everything doubled here. And 1,000 female donkeys. He only had 500 before. Verse 13. He also had what? Now that's exactly what he had before. Chapter 1, he had seven sons and three daughters. Now they were heathens. I'll preach that another time. Verse 14. And he called the name of the first Jemima. Good looking. And the name of the second, Keziah, which means fragrance. He called the name of the third, Karen. She was a Karen. Hapuk. Colorful. Right? But watch this. Watch this part here. Watch this part. Y'all ladies, you don't like this. And all the land were found. Now, it was, that wasn't the case. The original three. The original three might not have even been cute because when the brothers were feasting from house to house, the sisters came over and feasted with them, which means they ain't have no man. But now, when God restores, Sister Michelle, this is all right. But when God restores, he gives you beauty for ashes.
and all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. My, 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 my. After this, God's still not done. After this, Job lived 140 after this. 140 years. And saw his, this is my confession, Deke, this is my confession. And saw his children and grandchildren for four that's my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and my great-great-grandchildren. Somebody ought to say that. I will live to see my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and my great-great-grandchildren. I'm going to die old and full of days. I'm going to die old and full of days. Because when, now remember now, he restored his health. But he gave him on top of his health and restored 140 more years, y'all. Oh, y'all, that's a whole other lifetime. Are y'all catching this here? When God restores, he does all things well. He wants to give you much more than you had before. Are you believing God that this year is going to be your year much more? Hallelujah. 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 He gave him more. He gave Job a dream life. Come on now. Good family. Wealth, long life. Give me Zechariah 9. Zechariah 9, verse 9 through 12. Zechariah 9, verse 9 through 12. I want you to see this. Write, write that down. Just write it down. Zechariah 9, verse 9 through 12. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Y'all missed it. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Now I know what Your man was like, I'm not a daughter, though. I'm not a daughter. It's, it's talking collective, collective. The people of God. I know y'all men strong, praise the Lord. Behold, your king, capital K, that's Jesus, is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Did we see that fulfilled? When he rode into town on what we call his triumphal entry, this scripture was fulfilled. Now watch the next verse, verse 10. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, these are the enemies, and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. Peace is a restoration word. It's being, it means wholeness. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Verse 11. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, are we in covenant with God? Are we now part even of the Abrahamic covenant? Because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Waterless pit is, is, is bad. It's, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you, you, it's nothing. You're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you can't get hydration. Uh, you can't drown, but you're just going to, it'll be easy just to drown. But a waterless pit is a long, excruciating death. But he said, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Go to the next verse. Watch this. Return to the stronghold. You prisoners of hope. Do I have any prisoners of hope in here? Hallelujah. Prisoners of expectation. 
yeah, I may, may be bound, but God's going to bring me out because I have a great expectation. See, if you don't have any expectation for this year, nothing's going to happen. You're going to hit 2025 the same way you hit 2024. But if you can get your expectation up and have your faith, your belief working, God said, I'm going to bring you out. He said, even today, I declare to you that I will restore double. Somebody shout double. Hallelujah. When he restores, get ready for double. Whatever you had last year, whatever you did last year, whatever you manifested last year, get ready for double this year. I wish somebody might shout about that. I received double this year. Double on everything God did, I received double this year. Double everything that was stolen, double everything that was lost, double everything I gave away, I received double. Because he didn't say I restore, he said I restore double. Because God always goes too far. He always goes beyond. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. He's going to go beyond that number. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will restore double to you. Give me that same verse, verse 12 in the, uh, in the Amplified Classic, please. Amplified Classic. Can you read it with me? Ready? Read. Security and prosperity. You make this a whole Even today. I wish somebody had shouted right in that part right there. Double your form of prosperity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Isaiah. Hurry up. Go to Isaiah, chapter 61. Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about what God has in store for me. I'm excited about what God has in store for you. Are you excited about what God has in store for me this year? I said, what are you in store? Y'all excited for me? Ask a neighbor, are you excited for me this year? Tell them, I'm excited for you this year. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life. I'm excited about what God is in store. I'm excited about your life. It's going to be off the chain this year. Matter of fact, I'm going to give God a praise for you right now. Glory! Praise you, Lord, for what you're doing for my family, what you're doing for this ministry, what you're doing for your people. I give you praise that you're blessing my brothers, blessing my sisters, blessing my sons and daughters. I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's not just restoring. He's increasing you much more. Isaiah 61, verse 4 through 7. Isaiah 61, verse 4 through 7. And they shall, this is the people of God, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up and they shall repair the desolation of many generations. Notice we're going to rebuild, raise up, 
and repair. Now that's, we can, be sum, we can sum it up by restoration. Verse 5, now when we do that, which means God's going to use us to help restore other people. Hello, somebody. That's what it is. When you lay hands on the sick, you're restoring them. They don't belong in that sickness. That sickness doesn't belong to them. When you, when you minister to them, you are restoring them to the health that Jesus Christ provided for them. When someone is full of devils and you cast a devil out of them, you're restoring them. When you minister to a neighborhood or to a, or to a community, you're restoring that community. And if you and I will be a part of that, something's going to happen for us. Now, while we're out restoring, verse 5, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. That means somebody else is going to wash your clothes. Somebody else is going to take care of your stuff. Why? Because you're out taking care of God's business. And the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Somebody else is going to be cutting your yard. But you shall be named, come on, they shall call you, you shall eat the riches and in their glory or in their wealth or in their, in their honor, you shall boast. Watch this. Instead of your shame, you shall have what? Double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall what? Therefore, in their land, they shall do what? And what else? Everlasting joy. Notice it always goes back to joy. Tell you, David, it always goes back to joy. God wants you full of joy. He wants to bless you, make you great, so you can be full of joy. Hallelujah. Because you're carrying his name, you're carrying his identity. He wants you and me full of joy. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm going to bless you with double. When you get into the restoration business, you're going to start living off double. Can y'all handle double? Can you handle double? Restoration. Everybody say restoration. Proverbs 6. Give me a couple more minutes here. Proverbs 6, verse 30 and 31. Y'all get anything out of this tonight? Hallelujah. Everybody shout restoration. People do not despise a thief if he still to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he, the thief, is found... He must, he must restore. Now, John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief cometh to steal and to kill. Now, the thief, the devil is a thief. And he's been found. And he must restore. Y'all better catch this here. 
That's why I say just because you get, you get restored, don't, don't, don't let your faith go because it's not fully restored till it's sevenfold. That means whatever you lost, that means you got to get it back seven times that much. In God's kingdom, it ain't one for one. It's seven for one. He must restore sevenfold. Notice it says he may have to give up all the substance of his house. We can throw the word even. He may even. In other words, let's deal with a natural here, a, a natural thief here. That a thief, if he steals... And the requirement by law is that he must restore sevenfold. That means he may have to give his house to pay for the sevenfold. In other words, watch this. The law had no mercy on him just because he went bankrupt paying you back. The law showed no mercy on a thief just because he had to give up everything in his house to pay you back. Because he's a thief. So if the law showed no mercy on man, you think God's going to show mercy on the devil? I'll come over here. You think God's going to show mercy on the devil when he's been found, when you discovered that it's not God that's making your life bad? That God's not the one withholding, God's not the one doing you evil? That it's the devil? Once you discover it's the devil, the thief has been found. Once he's found, he must restore sevenfold and he may have to give up all could it be this year is the year that God begins to bankrupt the devil could it be 2024 is the year that Apostle Durba prophesied about years ago when he said when God told him I'm about to bankrupt the devil could it be that this year that the devil gets bankrupted paying you back on everything he's stolen from you in your life could it be this year well if you believe it why don't you give God a praise as it's my year Tell your neighbor, this might be the year. This might be the year. God's bankrupting the devil. God's about to bank. God's gonna take everything the devil has been holding back. Matter of fact, can I, can I read a scripture for you? G give me this, media. Give me um, Job 20, verse 15. Job 20, verse 15. Job 20, verse 15. In this Job in this in this text is about the, the Leviathan, but the Leviathan is representative of Satan's system. Leviathan is representative of Satan's system. Notice what it says in Job 20, verse 15. Oh my. Ah, it's, it's more coming. Y'all just uh, y'all hold hold here. Y'all see what it says in Job 2015? Can y'all read that? Ready, read. Go back to verse 12. Go back to verse 12. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry. My, I'm on zero, zero, zero. Give me one minute. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, though he spares it and does not forsake it, but keeps it, still keeps it in his mouth, yet it, his food is in his stomach. It turns sour. It becomes cobra venom within him. He swallows down riches and vomits them up again. God casts them out of his belly. God's about to bankrupt the devil. 
his whole system is about to be bankrupted. Oh, God. He will suck the poison of cobras, the viper's tongue will slay him. He will not see the streams, that the rivers flowing with honey and cream. He will not see. This, this enemy, this, this demonic system will not see it. Verse 18, he will restore that for which he labored and will not swallow it down. From the proceeds of business, he will get no enjoyment. That means the devil's been working and laboring, building systems, building corporations, building empires, and God is saying the time is coming where I'm going to put it all up out of him, and he's not going to get any enjoyment anymore out of what he's laboring for. All that's about to go to the people of God who say, God, I receive restoration, and I receive the much more. It's time to bankrupt the devil. Hallelujah. All right, now sit down. Let me finish this. Hallelujah. All right, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Because uh, this is my scripture. But even by the looks, when I'm looking in your faces, you need to know this here. Some of you, you need this scripture more than you understand it. This isn't just some nursery rhyme scripture. This isn't some elementary Christian scripture. You need this scripture right here. Notice what it says here, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. And what happens? I what? Now, is the Lord your shepherd? Then what are you doing in want? What are you doing in any lack? What are you doing lacking anything? The Lord is your shepherd. Now, notice what God does. The shepherd does. Now, now he, I want you to understand this. He's explaining how we get to this I shall not want status. He's going to show you how to get to no lack status. Y'all better catch this. He's going to show us how to get to this no lack status. What does he do? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. In other words, he gets me to just stop. Just pause. Lay down. Just stop. Calm down. You working your own thing. Pause. I'm your shepherd. Let me lead you. Let me feed you. He says, verse 3, he's trying to get us to no lack here. He restores my soul. So notice that the number one thing that must be restored is my soul. Because we're trying to get down all the way to this, my cup running over. That's, that's the abundance. We're trying to get to the surely goodness and mercy following me. Surely, I mean, you know what I mean when surely goodness and mercy follow you? That, that means no matter where you go, you can't escape. It's, I look to my left and there's, there's goodness. And I look to my right and there's mercy. And I go out of town and there's goodness and, and there's mercy. And Come on. Come on. 
And he says, but for this to happen, I've got to restore your soul. Third John, it's one chapter, verse two, you know it. Beloved, I wish of all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So if, if your soul doesn't prosper, if your soul is restored, in other words, if you don't let God heal your soul, refresh your soul, then you will not have the capacity to receive the much more. The children of Israel, they were in bondage. I'm, I'm saying this, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. They were in bondage in Egypt. And God sent Moses to tell the children of Israel in Egypt that God's about to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You, he about to bring you out. You're going to have milk and honey, bread without scarcity. I'm going to give you all that. And the Bible said the people could not receive what he said because of the toil, the labor they had been through. In other words, they were so broken, so beaten down. They couldn't, re- they were so discouraged. They couldn't receive this prosperity word that Moses brings them. So before you and I can step into that, our souls have to be restored. Make me lie down in green pastures. Just, 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 just let me lie, lie down. Let me just, let me lay down. Just, let me just calm down. Let me just, let me just, let me just take ease in God. Let, let me, let, let me stop planning. Let me stop planning. Let, let me stop planning and let me start listening to God. Let me stop putting together my own ideas and let me start listening to God. Because God knows how to get me to this place of I shall not want. Somebody say, Lord, restore my soul. Say it again, Lord, restore my soul. Say, prepare me for much more in 2024. Now, if you receive that, lift your hands to God right now and just let him restore your souls. Just, 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 you can say it your own way. Just, just whisper to him, talk to him and say, just Lord, just restore my soul. So I can receive, so I can can step into it. I receive my restoration this year in every area of my life. I receive the capacity for much more. Your soul is a well, it's a cistern, but if it's broken, it can't hold anything. If you have a broken cistern, your, your soul is, if it's broken, you can't receive, you can't handle anything. Anything that comes in, it leaks right back out. And you wonder why God will bless you, puts it in your hands, and, and, and before you know it, three months later, you're, 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 you're right back broke, or uh, somebody comes in your life and they, they want to they wanna, uh, talk to you and, and, and fellowship with you and even, even become a companion, and, and it, it goes along fine until t- three months later, all of a sudden, you found something wrong because it's not them, it's your soul is broken. 
God wants to raise you up and do great things in your life in ministry and with the anointing and, and, and speak to you and take you great places. I, I know this for myself. And, and, but, but, but after a while, it's like I can't go there because my soul is broken. I've not allowed God to heal and restore my own soul. So it's hard for me to receive the great things God is saying when he says, I want to use you to reach this neighborhood. I want to use you to reach this city. I want to use you to reach this, this, this community, this region, this, this, this state, this nation. So Lord, restore our souls. Lord, let's start right there. Restore my soul from the brokenness, from the hurt, from the anxiety, from the pain, from the pain that I felt of rejection, the pain I felt of abandonment, the pain I felt of this person letting me down, the disappointments I've experienced in my life. Every time I thought I was about to get ahead, every, every time I thought I was on the brink of a breakthrough, something collapsed. And I've become so disappointed that I've lost my hope. I've lost my expectation. Lord, restore my soul. Because you're not a God who lies. Whatever you said, you'll do it. Whatever you spoke, you'll make it good. And Lord, my trust is not in me my trust is not in man. My trust is in you, Lord. Only you can take me to that place you have for me. Only you can do those things even that I dream about. Only you. God, I'm not chasing dreams. I'm chasing you. God, every real dream comes from you. Give us God dreams, Father. Give us God dreams to show us what you want to do, where you want to take us, what you, where, how you want us to go. And we'll pursue you the more. We declare this year that we will spend much more time in prayer and in fasting, in the word, in evangelism, in reaching out, in praise, in worship, in fellowshipping with the saints, people of like precious faith. God, increase our capacity. Increase our ability to receive the much more. We want it to be said that we become to you a name of joy and praise and honor in the earth. When people see all the good things you've done for us, all the prosperity that you've given to us. We want the heathen, the nations to say, Lord, you've done great things for us. And we will say, yes, Lord. You have done great things for us. And we are glad. We are filled with joy. Tonight, I command blessing upon these, your precious people, that God, as we receive this word, that God, our faith, our believing, our expectation is activated, energized, increased so that God, we make room for what you have for us. God, and even as we ministered on Sunday, we let go of anything that would hinder us from walking into the much more. Any person, any place or anything, we lay it aside. Anything that gets in the way so that we can please you, our God, our Father. And God, we trust you that this will come to pass in our life, in our lives this year. And we will 
be those who praise you the more and the more. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for this in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, shout.